Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is a question and answer session that followed my storm build guide. I talked about the different ways to play and sort of the introductory builds you could try, as well as some of the intrinsic weaknesses to the class, as well as just how great the ultimate is, thinking it's probably going to be one of the more popular javelins. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can tune in live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. If I'm not live and you stop by, just click the heart button. That's a follow button. That way you don't miss these talks and Q&A sessions. I will be doing these to cover Anthem, Division 2, and continuing to do them for Destiny as well to give you guys a nice hub of content and a place to discuss and have good back and forth. So let's jump right into the questions. The Hunt 97 says, How do you feel about the gunplay? Visual and sound feedback were great to me, but the feeling of it wasn't there. But the feeling of, uh, of it all wasn't there for me. I think the gunplay feels good and the guns feel good. I, I I think a lot of people are overstating how the guns don't feel that great. I think a lot of folks are coming from Destiny and then they want that same feedback and you're not going to because by design, that's not the kind of game. If you play Army of Two, if you play Division, if you play Gears of War, third-person games always disconnect a little bit of the impact and the feedback and the feel of gunplay. That's natural, I think, in a third-person game because there's just more of a, you're not deep down into the, the perspective of the gun and how it feels and the recoil and all of that I think plays a part. I also think we saw from the endgame trailer that there's a lot of things coming to the guns that people, not surprising, that's been the theme of Anthem, folks just jump to conclusions. They think the endgame is going to be super vacant and not that great because it doesn't have you know, oh it only has three strongholds. Well then we see the endgame video and it's clear there's going to be a variety and lots of things to do and then the roadmap's going to trickle out even more things to add to the endgame. And then when we watch that endgame trailer, it's clear the guns get really strong and get really good perks and even look really nice. A lot of them had skins on them to make them look a little bit more cosmetically pleasing than the plain Jane, you know, white, green and blue ones we were using. So I actually think gunplay is fine and will probably start to get and feel better the further you get. Use the white, green, and blue guns in Destiny when you're leveling up and there's, some of them have terrible handling or awful reload or they may have a really small mag. There are things about the guns in early game Destiny that sure they may feel good but you know when you're using them they're bad. You can tell they're weak and they lack a lot of the perks and a lot of the depth that make a gun feel strong in Destiny. So I'm not concerned about the gunplay whatsoever. I actually liked a lot of the gunplay. Uh, Basser Basser, can we run all the legendaries or only one like Destiny? Oh no, you can run all legendaries. It actually, it actually, when you get to certain levels of Grandmaster, I think it's three, they encourage you to have a javelin rating of legendary. So th- th- that's the way that the, the, the gear works. There is not a, oh, you can only run one legendary. The idea is to get it all at max. So it's a different style of loot pursuit. It's a more completionist style of loot pursuit than in Destiny when your completionist of getting all the exotics doesn't let you have them all equipped. It's just that you have them all if you want to use them at different times. The Hunt 97. How do you feel about the gunplay? Uh, we already answered that one. Saint Guardian. Uh, I found that the most satisfying playstyle with the storm was to hover in the air and then freeze and then go combo close in with the melee, playing hyper aggressive. Do you think you will try out unorthodox playstyles with each class? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you're seeing me do it right here. I'm going down and meleeing because it's like I don't have a lightning strike. I was enjoying doing that with the Colossus. I would use Flamethrower, but then anytime I saw anything primed, I would run in there and melee. 
that's one nice thing about always having a debt melee. The ranger doesn't have that, but the ranger has the the high agility, and he gets benefits from being able to prime everything. There's really good trade-offs, and always having a debt on your melee is, I think, really beneficial. Because sometimes you just don't have like right now. I wanted to do a lightning strike on that group. I had to wait. Somebody could have stole that combo from me. That was a wonderful combo, but it could have easily been taken because I had to sit there and wait for the cooldown. It might have been a better play to rush down and melee because you can get down, you can close space very, very fast in this game. So I think unorthodox builds, different things to try is going to be one of the ways to maybe even discover maybe even discover some like a secret secret way of playing or like, a, oh, this build is kind of broken. I don't know. When I was playing as the ranger, I was trying to play drawn back. He has, he has a seeking missile and he throws grenades. I thought he... He's a, he's a quote-unquote ranger. Shouldn't I be playing at range? And then I realized that going high at agility and going high mobility, dodging like crazy and priming with my mace was really, really fun. And I would have probably thought back... Watch my footage from the, the capture event for the ranger. I played, I played backwards. I would go grenade, seeker missile, and then I would go flying in with my melee. That's backwards. But it felt right, but it was wrong. So I there I think there are going to be there are going to be some quote unquote un- unorthodox or different ways of playing that I think could be very rewarding and I think that's part of the journey with a game like this. Just try something, just try a different build, see how it goes and see if you like it. And one of the beauties of not being able to change your loadout on the fly, right? One of the beauties of being able to check out your your not change your load on the fly is you kind of have to force yourself to finish the you know, I got to finish this, this mission. I got to play it to completion. You may in one spot feel like the build is weak. And then you may in like the boss fight feel like the build is strong. So push through and really dig in and see, okay, how can we get this? How can we get this done? That I think is a, I I really do think that that is, that's going to be a plus side to not being able to change your loadout on the fly. Callus Misorum. I tried to play the Xbox beta, but the rubber banding made it unplayable for me. How was ground-based play felt with each of the classes? That was a big concern of mine with the flight focus of the game. I mean, if you if you play for just like an hour or two and embrace the high agility and the hovering and the flying, I feel it feels really foreign when I'm on the ground for an extended period of time. It doesn't feel bad. It it just feels foreign. It's like what it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel right. You'll also notice one of the things that keeps you healthy in this game is non-stop movement. So if you're playing as the interceptor or the ranger, they're really good examples of classes that the constant motion keeps you healthy. And every time I was playing with the ranger or the interceptor and I stood still for too long, aggro gets focused, I start getting shot from multiple angles and I start I get very very weak. But as long as I'm bouncing, flipping, dodging, just all over the place, I stay a whole lot more healthy. And it just enables you to, you're kite, you're like, you're like randomly kiting the enemies. They go this way, then they go that way. You're kind of flipping around. I think that's a really, really fun way to play the game. By the way, if you're new to the stream, this is a live segment. I'm streaming live right now. SNTR presents is a segment I do when I'm live streaming. I still play the game, but I take your questions and I do a subject. If you like that, uh, click the follow button. Obviously, I can't play right now, so I'm running past footage. I did a guide on how to build the storm. If you click that follow button, that's an easy way to support this and come back for the talks. I do that in Destiny. I'll be doing it in Division 2 as well as this game. Appreciate you being here. JD Gamer. 
do you believe with Apex Legends coming out and being very popular, it would affect Anthem with it being made by EA and with Division 2 beta also, the new annual pass coming out in a month, do you believe this will affect Anthem and the player base? I don't think Apex Legends poses any any threat to Anthem. If anything, if anything, Apex Legends may help Anthem. All the people that were like, I want a PvP game, I want a PvP, blah, blah, blah. Anthem's not a PvP game. So if you want a PvP game, guess what? Respawn, a company that excels in PvP games, has made a free-to-play Battle Royale. Sure, there aren't mechs in there, but there are classes. Those classes have abilities. Those abilities have cooldowns. You can go play that instead. I I actually think it's going to help because it's going to make a clear distinction between Anthem is a PvE cooperative grindy RPG game and you got Apex Legends if you want like an abilities based PvP game I I, I don't think it's going to hurt at all now Division 2 beta no problem next week is when the initial the the, the early launch of Anthem hits and then the 22nd after that I think Anthem is going to do fine with the player base I don't think the annual pass of Destiny poses any threat to Anthem because once you get the player base rolling in Anthem and we get into March and they start adding to the to the to the experience, I think that the folks that enjoy Anthem will do that and they'll pick. They'll be like, I can wait on the annual pass in Destiny. It's not going anywhere. Or they'll do both. I think more and more players are gonna do one of two things. They're gonna either splice their time between both and take turns or they'll just take a break from one whenever they're playing the other to a, to a certain extent I think this idea that like if if Destiny comes out with Joker's Wild and it's really really good somehow people are going to be like oh I don't want to play Anthem and that hurts Anthem's player base or if, or if Anthem's drops in March are really really good is that going to hurt Destiny's player base I don't think so I think you'll see the player bases ebb and flow between the games depending on what's coming out I think if anything, it's going to make people consider the idea that there are really good games out there where you can chase loot and shoot aliens, and then more people are going to want to play games like that. Sasquatch, what's the purpose of the launching bay with no text chat at launch? Is it just going to be everyone rambling on their mics? Um, Hellblade, the Anthem experience? Oh my gosh, yeah, 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 like a bunch of different voices in your head. Uh, the, the launch bay does a couple of things. It puts a lot of things close together for you, for your javelins, for your loadouts, uh, as well as your vault and some other things. I don't know everything that's there, but it's also just a place like a social hub to like show off your javelins to your buddies. To a certain extent, it's a, it's a hat tip to the community. They wanted a social environment and they gave us a social environment. Um, if you want some of the things in the, in the, um, in the fort to be streamlined for you, you can go to the launch bay instead of the forge, and a lot of those things are there. I don't know everything that's in the launch bay, but I do think it's intended to, like, you come back from a mission, you can go to the fort, you can go to the forge, or you can go to the launch bay. It asks you where you want to go. Well, it might be easier to just go to the launch bay, and you can take care of a couple of things at once. If, if all your buddies go to the launch bay together, you could make some changes and be like, yo, check this out. Check out this thing I just unlocked. Check out this vinyl, that kind of thing. We like doing that in Destiny, you know? Oh, look at this. Look at this thing. Look at this combo. Look at how ugly these shaders are, blah, blah, blah. Look at this roll I got in this gun. So, Wolfhound Games. I feel playing with others is so much more in this game due to how the systems in the in the game are set. Do you feel this could hurt longevity due to looters being a loner genre a lot of the time? I don't think looters are a, a loner genre a lot of the time at all. Borderlands co-op was amazing. Destiny's co-op 
uh, Diablo. I mean, th- those games all have great co-op experiences, and you don't have to play co-op, but I-, I think what you're saying is there are a lot of loners in looters. Looters aren't necessarily, I don't think, intrinsically loner, especially when you look at the how is Destiny built. Gambit, Crucible, Raids, Strikes are all built around having a fire team. Um, so with, with, here's the thing though, if you're worried about the solo player experience, I believe that Bioware has done a really, really good job answering that concern by saying there's matchmaking for literally everything. And they said that they think the one guy said, I'm fairly certain voice chats on by default. Whenever you first go in, as long as people embrace this idea of like working together and communicating, obviously you might run into somebody who doesn't feel like using a mic or is being a turd and then just, you know, don't play with those guys. To a certain extent, you have to lay, you have to let a game be be the type of game that it is. You know, like if if Gambit, I'm sorry, if if Anthem has built itself around cooperative play and the different javelins and having four javelins in in all of all of the all of the squad base you're just always with four javelins if that's how they built the game from the top up from the top down you can't say well i'm a loner player they 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 need to do things for me i think they have i think they've given you matchmaking for all activities and if voice chat's really easy to get into then that's all they need if if you ask for more or you want the content to be dumbed down or or neutered so you have an easier time no you're asking for the game to be retooled for you and that's not what we want you have to let games be the games let them let anthem be a co-op abilities based game don't ask for it to be like turned into a solo game you know um ben irving said that we can count on raid level content in the first year of the game right and so that again Here's the thing I don't understand is if you're going to play a game like this where there's a grind ever ever increasing levels of difficulty how is that motivating to you if you're I mean if you're wanting a solo game I I, I understand that solo games are fun but this game never marketed itself as a solo game so you sometimes have to admit that maybe your desires and sentimentalities are not going to line up with the game I don't like PUBG I don't like Monster Hunter World those games have quality and value points that land on other players significantly different than they land on me I wouldn't I wouldn't go to those games and ask them to become different for me I just don't play them Sasquatch what do you think about allowing us to quick select loadouts we've made at the forge for a few seconds once we reach chest checkpoints or the halfway point of a stronghold allowing us to adjust match made team composition I wouldn't mind if you could do this at the beginning before you leave you go you go into like a launch like a launch bay here's your team here's your loadouts okay we've got two guys running all prime and only one guy running one debt like we're super mismatched let's retool this if you guys are going to run prime I'll switch my colossus to all debt and the ranger you should you should probably do some more debt as well like a ranger double debt a colossus double debt and then an interceptor in a storm that's going to be a really strong build that's a lot of detonating that's a lot of shared shared ultimate energy that's a lot of priming but if you get into a group as a bunch of storms all priming that'd be really really bad i would hope the matchmaking is smart enough not to do that but it not the, the matchmaking doesn't always it's not always that involved the matchmaking could struggle to get people together just because if there's tons of people playing it might struggle to actually it uh it might actually struggle i think to 
to get people into games according to their classes. Because if there's that many people just going into matchmaking, you're always going to have those mismatched teams. And that's when you would want people to be able to say, oh, wait, hang on a second. We are not built well at all for this. Caro says, do you have a chance to play Glacial Spear? If yes, what do you think about it? I didn't get a chance to play Glacial Spear, but I had a lot of people in chat telling me it was really, really strong. So I'm ex- I would be excited to try it and see how it complements the build. Sasquatch, how will you, how will, or how do you think Anthem will implement catch-up mechanics? Eventually, I'd like to play on PC, and I hope it's more like Destiny has been doing, not as gruesome as Warframe for new players. As far as I know, they do scaling, uh, they do scaling, and because they do scaling, you should be, you should be in content and feeling like you're progressing, and your friends can help you. Now, Obviously, if I'm at Masterwork Legendary status and you're running like blue and, and green gear, then we would basically want to get you to level 30 as fast as possible and start taking you into some of the harder levels of content to try to get you better gear. You don't want people to rubber band too much. There's a delicate balance. If they rubber band too much, you rob them of the early game. And... If you're coming from one platform to another, that's fine. But if you're if you're like new to Anthem, Xbox, PS4, or PC, you're just new to Anthem two months in, you don't want the rubber banding to be so extreme that they feel like they don't even play the early game. They don't get that experience. But you also don't want it to be so, so slow and arduous that like people feel like they can't, they'll never catch up with their buddies. I think there's a delicate balance. I don't exactly know how that how they how they balance it, how they they scale the enemies to your level, but I think that I think that they'll they'll be they'll be pretty fast paths catching up with your buddies if they're able. I wouldn't want to drag somebody through like hard or grandmaster one just to get them loot, but you could go into public spaces and up the difficulty and maybe get them some decent loot pretty fast once they're at level thirty. Soldier on music. Do you think Storm will go? be the go-to for solo players it seems the easiest to get consistent combos without other players either storm or ranger if you really embrace the ranger being highly agile priming with the melee and then running double debt i felt like i was constantly comboing i was constantly comboing um it is it was never an issue so i feel like both the ranger and the storm could be perfect for solo play to be like a self-sustaining class Colossus, Colossus can do a very, very good job of like priming and deading. It's just a question of do you want to play the, the, the tank or do you want to play the maybe the more aggressive? The scaling system works, if I recall, as as much as such. Your base power health ETC scales up to the level of the highest person on your team. That said, if you have lesser skills, uh, that will be the difference in the power level. Your raw power will be the same at the moment that level uh, of someone that level. That said, loot is personal and when dropped for you based on your current level and the gear you have on. Right, right. So you could play with your buddies, but then your your drops are going to be scaled to you. Nick Baker, do you think the storm melee attack is a last ditch attack as opposed to the others which have it as part of the standard attack rotation? Well, I mean, you can fly and melee from flight and cover a lot of ground, so I don't think so, no. I don't think it's a last ditch. I think if you don't have detonation, closing space and detonating with melee is something that the Colossus does as well. 
So I I don't think it's last stitch at all. I think it's part of the combat rhythm because you're if you're priming and deading, you're gonna prime and not have your dead. Or somebody else is gonna prime and you're not gonna have debt. Your debt's gonna be on a cooldown. Melee's never on a cooldown. I mean it is for like a couple, like maybe a second. So um mm, butter something. Uh, Caro, he didn't make that a question because that person was responding to me talking about the scaling system. They were trying to bring information to the conversation. Butter says, do you think Anthem will ever do a D1 Gambit PvPPE game mode? I think it would be fun or something that's not full PvP. I'm, I don't think they, they, they're going to do this at any, any time in the future. I also don't think that if they did this, this is the answer to... I don't think this is the answer to the, the, the folks that won PvP. If folks want PvP, I don't think that this would scratch more the itch. I think it would feel like a PvE game mode. Um, and Gambit is fraught with problems because of imbalance. And a game mode like this in in Anthem would potentially suffer the same frustrations because there's so much powerful. There's so much power in the game. Um, Captain Captain says, "What javelins do you think come out after release?" There's no way for me to know that. I mean, they've said they've thought about doing more javelins, but I don't. I would. How would I even know what they are? And we also don't know when they're going to do that. Uh, the West, you know, any theories on how much time the first section of the roadmap covers? I don't have a clue, man. It's generic information to let people know that the game's launching end of February and that all of March they're adding stuff. It's and then there's that what they're adding in March, there's other sections of this year that are going to get similar ads. That's all we know at this point. Is the demo still free? The demo's not happening anymore. Siege Master does the primer in a combo get alt energy as well? Say Storm Primes and the Colossus Debts do both get energy? I, I think so. I think you get a little bit more when you're detonating, but when I was doing a lot of priming as the as the interceptor, I would prime, debt, my aura would prime a bunch of people that I can't debt, they would get debted, and then my prime ener- my ult energy would go up a little bit from that. So as long as you're doing lots of priming, then I think as long as you're doing lots of priming, I, you're, you're getting ult energy. Now, when I was a Colossus... I felt like I was getting a silly amount of ult energy because I'm comboing enormous groups of people. He gets the most combo words to pop up out of anybody because he gets the area of effect. And then Storm's probably in second place because the lightning strike does hit an area on the ground that helps get you you know, multiple combos to pop up. But I don't know if... I don't know if, if that's going to translate into um, you being like... I get just as much I get just as much old energy when I'm priming. I provided that feedback on Twitter. I said, "Listen, I think the primer and the detonator need to get a more even split because a lot of people a lot of people are going to have a very strong desire to only run detonation if they learn that that's the fastest pathway to getting their ultimate." You know how people are, man. They'll play selfish. They'll load in the matchmaking all day long, double debt, and expect everybody else to prime for them. That's just how gamers are sometimes. Network Skeleton. Do you foresee the community asking for Javelin-specific needs as often as in something like Destiny? I've seen a lot of Storm is OP, but I haven't seen too much complaining about it. But this is due to a lack of PvP. I think Storm feeling OP comes from a couple of things. There's a lack of understanding about the Colossus, the Interceptor, and the Ranger. Lack of understanding and lack of build. So the storm has stuff that's just good on its own. You don't have to do much to make the storm feel smart or or strong. 
but you start trying different builds with the Colossus and you're like, well, hang on a minute. This guy is really strong. You start playing the Ranger with the right build and the right movements and you're suddenly like, dude, I'm doing my ult every every minute and a half. You know, I was getting my ult back very, very fast with the Ranger. People are, are falling in love with the Interceptor after like a play session. And so I don't think... I don't think it's going to turn into that where, oh, this needs nerf, this needs buff. I think a lot of it comes into ignorance about builds, lack of build depth in the in the, in the DLC, and also just people not knowing how to play yet. You just, they should have included little tutorials maybe for each subclass, or I'm sorry, each class, each javelin. Because what ends up happening is people get out the, the Colossus, he didn't have the right gear, and they sit on the ground, and they just get shot. And they're, and oh, they pull out their shield in an emergency, but at that point it's too late. They've already been shot a bunch. Um, Ranger, same deal. You're playing boots on the ground and you're just shooting your guns. That's not going to work either. Oh, the guns feel weak. This guy feels weak. All of a sudden you get a storm and you're hovering above everything and you're priming and you're detonating and you're like, storm's OP. Oh my gosh, he's so much stronger than the other classes. If you're not playing the other classes at their optimum, then you can't really compare. Hobbit Spartan. Is freezing an enemy uh, take time to build up? There are times where I could try to freeze a Titan and it wouldn't, no matter how many times I fired frost shards at it. Is it more dependent on this uh, for the storm and certain moves affect bosses with longer cooldowns? Or is there a mechanic for bosses where they can't get frozen? I'm asking as a storm main. I think Titans are not susceptible to frost, but they do, they are susceptible to fire. I also think Titans are difficult to prime, and that's why I think the raw damage, the impact damage abilities that don't debt or prime, I think those are going to become needed in certain instances. You're going to go into you're going to go into end game content and be like, dude, we can't prime or debt any of these guys. What the frick is going on? And if they have stuff built like that, then I think a lot of people, a lot of people would start to see, oh, okay. We thought this class or this ability or this combination was terrible, but it's actually really, really strong. So it's just really going to depend because freezing and enemies that are resistant to freeze or acid or fire, a lot of that's going to come from experimentation. Uh, Alex Mike says, do you think they can do anything about how weak you feel when fighting multiple shielded enemies? I'm not sure if the shielded enemies at the beginning if the, if the shield enemies at the beginning of the stronghold were working the right way, some of them felt like they were glitching. Like, you'd get their shield down, switch weapons, or go to get an ability ready to go, and they'd get their shield right back. Um, Dev said they're making shields weaker for the full game. Yeah, shields, there was something off with the shields, because as soon as you got out of an area where the, where the shields were happening, the big huge tanky guys with the yellow health bar and the big turrets and, and everything else is no problem but the, the, the shielded guys felt like they were glitched or something, and it, the, apparently there was something wrong with them at, at the very least, they were coming back way too fast you invest tons of damage into taking them down, and I mean they're back like that that rhythm was dissonant. It didn't. It didn't flow properly. Uh, Galaxy beams. Do you think we should go into this game with the mindset of other games such as Monster Hunter, Destiny 2, and Warframe, or go in blind and let it establish a new mindset to adopt? Also, who do you think has the most last game versatility? Oh, end game, late game versatility. Sorry. A lot of folks come to games. Mm, we all do, actually. Everybody comes to the game with expectations. 
whether or not you're expecting that game to be like another game or you're expecting that game to be a certain way you go in with expectations I expected to enjoy Monster Hunter World button mashy, fun let me get a bunch of cool gear and builds and let me invest and I ended up not liking it the the, the, the combat wasn't as satisfying as I thought it was going to be and then I'll play combat in something like Hellblade and I find it incredibly satisfying there are people on both ends of those spectrum. There are people that thought that the combat in Hellblade was weak and and lame, and they thought that you know they think Monster Hunter is amazing. So if you're going to come at Anthem with a bunch of sort of charged expectations being influenced by other games, you're you're taking a risk as a player. The risk that you're taking is those those games are different and have their own quality points and have their own things that make them good and a lot of the times when you let a game kind of breathe like let the game be the game like going to Warframe and asking it to be Destiny that wouldn't make any sense it's a completely different approach to a grindy game to a game that's not rooted in a first person perspective or, or shooting etc and so I wouldn't say necessarily go in blind I would say go into Anthem and let the game sort of teach you. Listen to the listen to the combo tutorial, listen to the movement tutorial and let that inform how you engage. The the absence of the combo tutorial, I played like an idiot at the capture event. I was always on the ground, I was always shooting my guns. I was playing like a Destiny player. Guns, 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 guns. Oh, I'll use an ability, ability, ability. Guns, 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 guns. Oh, my ability's back. Ability. It was, I had it flipped. It's supposed to be ability, ability, ability. Combo. Ability, ability. Okay, I gotta wait on a refill. Okay, guns, guns, guns. Ability, ability, combo. Feeds my ult, ult. Boom. There's something different to the rhythm. The other thing is, is that you've got to stay on the move in the air. The... The, the verticality and the agility that they give you, if you don't leverage that, then you're, 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 you're shortchanging what the game can, can do and how it can feel. Also, you're playing a game where you're in an Iron Man suit, so expecting it to feel and play like Destiny Warframe or Monster Hunter, a lot of like, one of the reasons those games are satisfying is they kind of own their identity. And when you when you have an identity as a game, folks either accept it or reject it. You've got to let the game be its own thing. And if you don't like it, that's fine. It's, it's you know, don't play it. But I think if you play it the way that it's sort of been, the way that they teach you, I think you're, you're bound to have a ton of fun. Now, you said, who do I think has the most late game versatility? There's no real way to know that. There's no real way to know that. I mean, a Colossus with the right stuff can be silly with how much health and armor that he has. And if his debt abilities get really, really strong with the right abilities and the right, you know, masterworks and etc., he could be detonating and doing massive damage and take it and be able to tank a bunch of damage. Interceptor, you know, Storm, they all seem to have things that could really, really shine in the end game. It's hard to know right now who's going to be the best if there even is one. I don't think they will be because they all have intrinsic weaknesses, I think. Death. I love your content. Keep it up. My question is the stunlock mechanic is getting addressed. During the beta, I got stunlock sometimes and it seems too much. I addressed this in my Colossus guide that they, that and we brought that up at the capture event. We brought that up and said, 
stun locking is a real problem especially on the colossus there is an element to uh there's an element to there's just you're, you're getting you're getting stun locked way too much and it that it needs to be it needs to be addressed there needs to be an element of not staying on the ground so long and especially staying on the ground so long that as soon as you get up you're getting stunned again like that's just kind of silly Northern Kitsune says, "Do you think the different gun types will affect playstyle? Will you and will it need to be considered in loadouts in the late game? If yes, do you think you will do a talk on them at a later date?" Well, sure. If there's really good guns for late game loadouts, I will definitely address that. Like if you're playing as a Colossus and you're playing up close and personal, there could be really really strong shotguns and 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 hand camp pistols, um, heavy pistols and stuff like that that flow really well with that up close build and if you're playing more drawn back with the storm i mean there's th- that sniper the devastator was silly so i'm sure there's going to be guns that complement playstyle a lot in the end game uh Mooshman, hey there have been a lot of talks about possible new javelins being in the works in future acts and stuff what would be a few ideas you would have or want in future javelins I could see there being like a vampire-like healing, you know, javelin that is an, is like a support sort of medic. Um, I could also see there being like a more barbarian style, so like the interceptor, heavy melee, but also like a heavy a heavy tanky character. I could see there being like a barbarian style where he's big, like the Colossus, not quite as big. Um, Oh, they said no healing javelins in the AMA today. Well, there you go. So no medics. When I brought up the medic and another thing, I said that probably would be pretty lame because it's all about like combos and doing like big damage. And that would be, you wouldn't be able to do that. You would take on a very passive role. And I think the agility of your teammates would make that really frustrating. Um, so that I, my, I actually predicted when we talked about this before, when I said medic, I predicted that being frustrating for the player. I was like, I don't know. Your teammates can just zip zoom away and you're like, hang on, I'm trying to heal you. It, it, it would be a very dependent class. So I'm actually kind of glad to hear that. That's obviously an idea that I had that, oh, they could do a healing class, but I think it would come fraught with lots of problems. Now, the barbarian class could be, he could have two, two melees. And it could be really, really cool to have that be like a prime debt. So if you swing, swing, you could do a prime debt and get that and get that as your as your melee. And then obviously a lot of his abilities would then be built around big, big swings of damage, big melee swings of damage, uh, close, uh, you know, up close and personal forms of damage. That could be a really, really fun class to play with. You would feel like a little bit like a barbarian from Diablo. Um now, outside of that, I, I don't know, maybe a gun-based javelin where his, it'd be cool if, like, his abilities were all centered around a gun, like a, like a, um, like War Machine. He's got, like, the, the, the chain gun that comes out and missiles and stuff like that. If everything was centered around guns, things that buff your guns, your abilities are actually bigger versions of existing guns in the game, you know, because you have that, that spin-up gun for the, for the, the Colossus, It'd be really, really cool to, you know, have an actual chain gun that comes out, you know, on your on your shoulder or something that's quite a bit stronger. Um, the barbarian wouldn't be able to fly, but instead can jump far and fast. Well, no, flying is so flying and hovering is an integral part of a part of anthem, so you wouldn't want that. Um, you you wouldn't want to have somebody that like literally couldn't fly. 
those are two ideas a gun based javelin where both his abilities as well as his as well as his support and his ult is gun based stuff like just lots of bullets flying um you know his ultimate could be called like hailstorm or something it's just it's literally like four guns come out of the, out of his back and just you know it just goes kind of crazy that'd be kind of neat um outside of that i don't know i trust them to be pretty creative and come up with their own stuff Death says, when the game comes out, what order are you doing to unlock the javelins? I'm going to start with Colossus, then Ranger, then Storm, then Interceptor. That's kind of the order in which I like them. Colossus, Ranger, Storm, Interceptor. That's that's kind of where I land on it. I think that um, that's going to be fun. I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards those three. I think Interceptors are going to be sparse uh, in the early game, just because it's going to take people a while to fall in love with the Interceptor. Uh, even as you kind of see me using one here, I just don't like him. I don't. I don't enjoy him nearly as much. Even when he's, even when he's doing a good job and he's priming and he's got his aura, I, uh, I'm not a huge fan of the interceptor. Um, are you gonna play them once you unlock them, though? If so, why not choose Colossus last? I don't understand. Why would I choose Colossus last? Um. That wouldn't make a difference because either way you're leveling you're, you're getting gear for whichever one you're playing on mostly right so that's a shame I really enjoy the interceptor that's not a shame at all that's a good thing like if I don't like the interceptor and you really do that means they've created really distinct classes that have different appeals and different draws that's actually a, a plus Hobbit Spartan will there be different abilities for melee like a lightning punch that primes for the storm instead of a punch that deaths at this time no but if they're entertaining the idea of different alts, I could see them entertaining the idea of different melees, like augmenting your melee, augmenting your ult, and changing it in the future. In the immediate future, no. That's it. That's all you get. You get that as your as your ult, and that's all. There's no way to change... I'm sorry, uh, ults and melees. There's no way to change your ults or melees out of the box. But I could definitely see them adding those things later. Um, so which character you choose first does make a difference in the context of unlocking higher level blueprints for your weapons and abilities playing the class earlier gives you more time to grind for those blueprints and the ability to have higher level gear by the time you hit 30 right like that's what I'm thinking if I'm playing the Colossus from very early on the most I can be working on those challenges I can be unlocking you know cosmetics for him etc you know no rangers not unlocked by default you do the ranger for t- the tutorial and then you end up at like level two for um you end up at level two whenever you're in in the ta- in the fort and then you pick your first then you pick your first and then after that it's like two two eight sixteen twenty four i believe is when you unlock them so after you unlock one at two there's three left that are not unlocked so I think there's some there's been some miscommunication about I thought the ranger was unlocked automatically too whenever I first went to the tutorial and went back to the fort, but that's not the case. So Dark Fenrir, thank you so much for the sub, the brand new one. Welcome. 
So if you guys are here live right now, you can push the follow button. Uh, this is the type of content I like to create. It's conversational. Uh, it's a bit of a back and forth. It's like an interactive radio show. I'll be doing this in Destiny 2, uh, Division, and uh, as well as in Anthem. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, if you're listening to this in the other locations, I am going to end the Q&A here. If you're here live, we're going to be switching to Division 2. I'll try and do a first impressions and a Q&A about Division 2 later next week. So don't go anywhere if you're here live. If you're listening to this in the other locations, I appreciate you doing that. Please like, share, and subscribe.